You're listening to the Mother FN Podcast with Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. All right. How are things going? Going. They're going. I am tired. I know. What else is new? Yeah, when are we not tired? Mothers are always tired. That's what I miss is feeling not tired. I don't know what it means anymore. Like, I don't know what my body would do if it had energy. It will die. This is what I've realized. The end of not being tired is death. That's when we get our permanent sleep. That kind of sounds good, though. (laughs) Permanent sleep sounds kind of nice at the present moment. I I can't wait for death. Um, No, (laughs) no, I can't. I can't. But it's just... Well, if we're going to heaven, Jesus! I know. It's just, it's one of those things of like, I want my permanent sleep. (laughs) I want my permanent sleep. Sleep is great. It I don't is. even. I, mean, I don't remember life without it. Remember in college where you used to like pull all nighters, yeah. spend up like stay up until four in the morning doing that paper that you should have started yeah. like weeks ago, and, and the it next felt day thrilling. we were fine. Yeah, or, though I I stay stay you know I am still up till four a.m. Uh, You're more insomnia than I am. I don't. You know, Bobby calls me an insomniac too. I don't think I'm an insomniac. I think I just have things I need to get done, and there's not enough hours in the day because I can't. It's true. I can't sleep. Something's not done. See, I think. I've trained my brain to just write it down and I think it's done. So I just write my <laughs> list down and then I can fall asleep well. I have lists everywhere and I have lists that I've never touched and never done again. Do you use those lists for comedy fodder? Yeah. I usually have a list of the jokes I want to write mm-hmm. and I write them down like I have an idea. So if I'm in the car driving or something and the girls say something funny, I usually yeah. just record a little voice memo of it. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm listening, doing that stuff of listening, I'll go through it and I'll write a list. And so I have yeah. a list of jokes I want to write. And I have a, a joke about the girls singing. I have a joke about being an activist because I'm not one. I have like all these things I have written down. And then yeah. from there, when I'm kind of feel like I need to work on a new bit, I'll go to that list and be like, oh, yeah. And then I'll start kind of I'll kind of record it out loud, just like rambling and ranting, especially if I can go to like an open mic. If I can yeah. go to open mic and rant about it, then I'll do that. But if I can't, then I'll just walk up and down my driveway and just rant about, <laughs> ranting it. about these things. And then I'll see what comes up. And then once I find things that comes up, I'm on open mic, what like got laughs, what didn't, you know. And then I'll put that down as like transcribed. And then from there, I kind of work on adding more complaints to it or changing the punch of like what the real complaint is and like narrowing it down. And then once I have that written, I usually perform that at a couple open mics Mm -hmm. and then kind of start cutting the fat, seeing what I can change, getting suggestions from people. I feel like all my good jokes I didn't write myself are, are written from everyone else. But whatever. I like to say most of my jokes are because of me. <laughs> Bobby's helped out a lot too. Bobby's very critical, which I think is great. He's too critical sometimes. Maybe, but he's not wrong. I'll say enchilada. <laughs> I will tell you, there's a comedian, Joel Brill, who I loved. We were in class with. And I kept doing this joke and I would sort of like make a derogatory reference to Florida at the suggestion of somebody else. This is what I mean by like, Joel just said, I don't like that ending. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't find it funny. Every time you've said it, I don't get it. But it was great. It was great to hear that feedback. So I went, okay, so what is something funnier? And then the ending turned into, you know, or you're going to end up the hero of your own novel, you know, the orphan with the heart of gold, which ended up hitting harder than that first version. So like often getting that feedback while I wrote ultimately the entire joke, that feedback of that's not working for me. That doesn't sound right. That's not, you know, I don't get it. Yeah. Really helps to to force you to look at it in a different way. I think that's why I love taking classes. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting because I one of my first open mics I went to, I sat next to this guy named Eli and Eli was here at JPL as an internship and he was doing comedy at night. Oh, of course. Open mics, right? And he was this young guy, like 21 or something. And he 
was like, well, you know, people, I told him about classes and yeah. whatever and how much it's helped, like learning structure and stuff. And he just came and kind of gave me this look of like, you realize that comedians frown upon classes. And okay. I was like, okay. Unsuccessful comedians frown upon classes. Well, I kind of was like, all right. And I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like, in my head, I was like, well, that's stupid. Like you expect your doctor to take classes yeah. and you expect lawyers to take classes and teachers to take classes. And half of these people, we want them to continue their like continued education yeah. for like nurses and all this things. And then you have actors who take classes and you have improv classes. Like why would yeah, why not? comedy, the stand-up comedy be different? And then he went up there. And he so like, <laughs> maybe it you should was take a class hard. And in my head, I was like, you should have taken a class. Well, it's also funny is that in that conversation, he was like, well, what'd you learn in the class? And I was just like, well, why should I tell you if you think classes are yeah. crappy? Like if you want to know, take the damn class. Yeah. Like, but it was just kind of funny. But classes, like it's a way to hone your skill. Yeah. It's a way to get like a think tank. It's a way to get all these other comedians who have different perspectives and have been doing it longer or, or even less that yeah. can give you that new fresh look. And bring you back to the basics, like thinking. And so like my one joke can have five different punchlines afterwards mm-hmm. and then you can choose which one fits the best for you. And for, even for that audience that night, yeah. you know what it's going to be. Yeah, I, I like it. Amazing. I mean, usually for me, I something happens that sort of inspires me to get angry. And that's where I start writing from. Yeah, cry fest. I can't usually. help it. <laughs> Yeah. There's something I'm really ugly yeah. crying about. I'm like, I have to write about yeah. this. My best joke about my son's dick. Yeah. <laughs> came from a day where I realized my son is never going to be like a typical yeah. four-year-old. And I was like, well, what does he have going for him? He's got a big dick. Like that's <laughs> that day I ugly cried for probably three hours. And then I got the best joke and Beck's set out of it. It's weird where the, the only set I've ever had that did not come from a place of like big emotion was I was sitting in church one day and I remember one of the pastors was talking about living your life authentically. And it was like, ding, 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 Dave Reinitz again, <laughs> popping up <laughs> with his authenticity. So I I just remember going, what do I want to say about being a Christian? Because that's a lot of times how I start writing a set. What do I feel like I have to say? Mm. that? And I go to like the most deepest, embarrassing things about it to me. Like, well, what I want to say about being a Christian is I feel that I'm a very bad representation of one. And everybody's like, oh, you adopted these three kids. What a good heart you have. What a... What a good, loving person. And it's like, yeah, but if you knew that every single day I was telling them, I'm going to murder you, I'm going to murder you. And I'm only saying that every single day. So when I do it, everybody's going to be like, oh, she, she warned us. <laughs> she wasn't, she wasn't kidding. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm just saying, I'm just saying solitary confinement seems like a really nice thing because For I can probably, I would love that. Can I have seriously. my phone in solitary confinement? Be okay. Oh, you can't have your phone, but uh, you can crap in peace. You can. <laughs> One day, I hate sleep like, and crapping in peace. It's like whenever it's you go to the bathroom, an alarm goes off in your kid's head, and they're like, "Oh, it is now time to ask my parent the most mundane question." Oh, mom, it's not the dads. The dads aren't getting bothered at all. No, Chris has forty minutes to poop. Yeah, like yeah, forty minutes. The moment I get in the bathroom, it's like, "Mom," and like it's the dumbest things. Today, I had Bella come in and go, "Mom." I asked Anna to get out of the bathroom so I could brush my hair. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why are you telling me this? I don't care. I'm pooping. I just want to be left alone. And you're bothering me about something that's so mundane and starting a fight. Like, let her finish. But my hairbrush is in there. Like, the... (laughs) was like... Like, really? Like, Bobby, he's standing right there outside the bathroom. Why did you bypass him to me? They will literally pass the dad, like in crossing to get to you. They will cross 
the father. Yes. To ask the mother. Yeah. The question. Why? And Jackson doesn't even talk much and he'll be like, mom, poop stop. <laughs> Booty. <laughs> I eat. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you don't even say that many words and yeah. you know enough to ask but me to all stop those pooping words. <laughs> and to get you food. All those words are directed at you. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm but not the, saying the bad comedy <laughs> comes from these yeah. complaints and annoyances and stuff. And there's a and lot. When I, when I ever when I think to myself, oh, I think this is funny. Mm-hmm. I it, I have to shelf it for a while because it's only funny, and I want to yeah. do it because I want to be funny, not because the complaint's true. When I come from authenticity of like, crap, what is Jackson yeah. going to have compared to all the rest of the four year olds? Then the funny yeah. just becomes real and comes out, and it's so healing. Oh. The, the only thing that I do uh, literally from is things that my mother says because she's a gem. I'm just going to stay here. It's just breathe. like there's so many things like she can't help herself. She just can't. And she says these things and she gets mad because she can see like as soon as she says something and like my eyebrows raise, she knows it's going in the set. Like, well, now you're screwed. <laughs> now you're screwed. Does she try to backpedal now? Like, no. oh, um, I mean, no, no, she no gets, I love you. She gets oh, so Hebra. frustrated. Oh, Hebra, I love you. Because we, well, something new I added to my set about going to Korea was when we were there, she tried to have, I don't even know how to phrase this. She tried to get my nose redone and some of the moles on my face removed because she never liked them. No. <laughs> and I thought we were going to like a pharmacist because I had bad allergies, which my mom believes are because I have a weak immune system. So I should just not take any medicine. I should make my immune system stronger. And I was like, I can't even, I don't know how to function. So yeah, I thought, and when I came home, I was like, dad, did you know that she tried to do this? And he was like, Sadok. And my mom's like, and she said, no, like she was so upset. Oh, she wouldn't let me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's my face. <laughs> Maybe your face could be better. And I'm like, no, I'm okay with my face. I would be like, maybe you can be better. Like, and then she'll say weird things. Don't make any sense. Like, uh, we were, we went to Canada in the fall, and she's like, oh, uh, you, there's no vitamin D because when your shadow is short, there's less sun. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I did not study science in college beyond anthropology. But I'm pretty certain that the length of your shadow has to do with the position of the sun overhead, not if there's a lot of vitamin D coming. And she was adamant. She's like, no, in the summer, even when it's overhead, your shadow is longer than in the winter. And I was like, I don't think that's right. (laughs) I think you're kind of wrong. Stick to judging Heather and not to science. Well, the judgment was on how I'm not getting enough vitamin D because it was no longer summer. You need to do a whole set about the judgments of your mother. Uh, like the crazy judgments of your mother. I'm, I'm getting judged because I don't get enough vitamin D. Yeah. How? Because my shadow is short. Yes. I just, oh, she's insane. So I will write things she literally says because you can't make that up. <laughs> you can't. It's too funny. I love that the process never ends. No, it doesn't. Like Seinfeld said in one of the episodes of like these comedians doing hour long specials like every year is really detrimental to their truth of their comedy. Yeah. Because it's like there's no way you can write that much solid, amazing material that you can be real to. Yeah. And still be funny because you're like now turning it out like it's yeah chocolate at the Lucille Ball factory. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's, but how like it evolves. Like there's yeah. stuff that I did that I'm still working on. And it, like, it comes in different ways. Like my mom's is literal of like what she writes. And then it, what's different is sort of just how I feel about that. 
Yeah. Um, when it comes to my sister, I never really make fun of my sister per se. I just kind of make fun of our comparisons because it's very one-sided. Which sister's the favorite? It's very obvious. Uh, with my husband, I tend to always write in a way about, because he's not easy to make fun of in, in on stage because he's such a good guy who does a he lot of good, good things. Guy. So usually it's about how I kind of suck compared to him. Yeah, <laughs> I know? haven't written anything about Chris and I, th- I thought I was going to write some stuff about it and because he's amazing too. Like, yeah. He's been always supportive and yeah. I mean, he's letting us do the podcast. He lets me go on open mics and like, mm-hmm. he's just, he, he recognizes that I'm a better person yeah. doing comedy than not. And so he's very supportive of it. And he's a really hands-on father and a hands-on, I mean, he makes a better wife than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for agreeing to that, Heather. <laughs> and, I'm just going to say. <laughs> no. It's the truth though. So there's but nothing to say. Yeah. I've never talked about yeah, I, for me, all the humor with Bobby comes from the things I've done to him to get his attention or to get him, uh, yeah. you know, to like when I tried to wax my face because so he would date me so I could wax my eyebrows and look better. And I end up waxing off my eyebrows and giving myself a second degree mustache burn. <laughs> Looked like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So that Chris, was where the humor was. Chris has actually asked me to wax before. <laughs> don't go in the Dollar Shave Club. And don't, I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. And I'm like, oh, he wants me to shave my leg. <laughs> That's not cool. The Iver rule in the winter when shorts are no longer visible, I'm not shaving. Like they're going to go bare fur and you're just going to have to accept that. Though I will admit in the summer when I wear knee length pants, I tend to only shave to my knees. <laughs> That's why the kids are like, can we go swimming? I'm like, I'll go watch you. When I want to get frisky, I shave. And when I don't, I don't. So there's only usually once a month where I shave. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real about that. Shaving sucks. It does. Uh, I don't like it. <sighs> so much effort. I don't have time. You know, and then the kids, Anna and Tony, I can tend to be very literal again with what they say. They say very funny things or very offensive yeah. things in Anna's case that are fun to make fun of. But Bella, it's again a situational thing. It's it's the things that she does. Yeah. Though it's a little bit of what she says. It drives me bonkers. But yeah, it's interesting because I think I respond to different things in different ways in how I write. It really depends on what that topic's going to be that defines like how I'm going to approach it. So yeah, and, and I'm trying to branch out more. Everybody's like, just keep talking about being a mom and having these adopted kids. Fine, but then stop putting Patty and I on directly after each other on every single show. We haven't been on a show in a long time together. Thank then again, Flapper stopped booking both of us. I know. So there's you know, that. They no longer want us. So I was at a show there recently. I'm not going to say what the show was. I'm not going to say who, who I went to go see. I'm not going to reveal any details. But I was pissed walking out of that show because it was not a weeknight show. It was a weekend show, a good time, good size audience. And out of the 10 comics that I saw on that stage, no, it was more than 10. I don't remember how many it was. It was pretty, it was one of those long lengthy shows where they have a ton of comics and then not every single one shows up. Four were good. The rest I was like, really? are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Are you fucking kidding? I looked up their names. I'm like, they're getting booked so often. What the fuck? You know? And um, maybe I just need to go to the audition again. Maybe I need I to. About that. I think I'm not being proactive. I think I'm not saying I'm enough. I'm an email and be like, "Hey, yeah, I'm available. Book me." I actually need to just go and go to other places and expand even more. Yeah, that's kind of also what I want to do. It's so, just we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I will tell you, I have found in this part of my life the most vocal moms I know have been very supportive of what I'm doing and very mm-hmm. like. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so funny. And they all want to come out and see it. It's been great. So it's nice to be doing that because I really did think for a while I was going to get a little bit of, shouldn't you be home with your kids? Shouldn't you be 
you know, paying attention to them more. Shouldn't you be, you know, like all these, shouldn't you, shouldn't yeah. you be is the, the favorite I phrase. The mommy wars. Mm-hmm. I don't understand them at no. all because it's just stupid. So I have a friend that went back to work and she wanted to be a stay home mom. Mm-hmm. And then she realized that like it wasn't good for her and the kids. Yeah. And so she went back to work and she's an amazing mother. And then there's people like me who had no desire to go to work and always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, okay, I'm a better mother with this. Yeah. And now that I'm doing stand-up and having something to work towards that's not with the kids, Mm -hmm. and like, I probably work on comedy maybe 10, 15 hours a week Mm -hmm. on a really good, solid week. Usually it's less than that. I'm like, oh, it's it's so valid to have something that's yours. Yeah. Like my identity is now bigger than just being part of the Crouch family. And so I don't understand why people judge each other for it. Like some people are going to be better parents having a 40-hour job. And you know what? They're probably more present to their kids when they come home, Mm -hmm. realizing they only have two or three hours a night to be with them than some of us who are with them all the time and are like, get the hell away from us. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like when I leave, I come back going, oh, I did miss you. So I don't get – we just don't know where anyone is. So why are we going to judge them for that? Can't we just give people the, the benefit of the doubt that they're making the best decision for their family and they're the ones supposed to be making that decision for their family? No, of course not because my way is the right way. That's what I think people feel. I mean, I work and I try to work more and more from home. The more remote I can get, the happier I am. But there was a time where I didn't work and I was kind of stay at home for a while. You know, when you when you first adopt kids in California – you can go on a parenting leave and you can get reimbursed. It's not a lot. It's nowhere near what my regular paycheck would be. But I can get reimbursed for six weeks per kid, I think it is. FML. But um, F- F- No. Fuck F- my F- life. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> FMLA. That's what it should be called. Fuck my life adoption. <laughs> FMLA. So um, I ended up, I should have taken the full 18 weeks, but I only ended up taking six weeks. No, I should, Okay. At one point, I was like, maybe I should take the full 18 weeks. But after those first six weeks, I was like, get me back into an office. If I'm around these children, I'm going I'm going to murder them. <laughs> I can with that. Like, I can't I can't be around them all the time. I need to be around adults. Like, that was what it was. I need to be around adults. And it also became I can't be around these other room moms because I just I don't have this way of thinking that they do. Yeah. And um, about all the kids all the time was just amazing. God bless room moms and these women who step up and want to take on that organizational duty You're and welcome. everything. Thank you. Because I can't, I'm like, I'm going to, I did some stuff for like when the kids went to private school to help out. And I was like, I'm going to die. I can't do this. It's not for my personality. And that's the thing. Everybody's got a different personality. Yeah. Everybody's got a different need. And are the kids' needs being met? Then the answer is, yeah. then it's fine. Whatever that choice for that family is. I turned down an offer to go move cross country. Really good offer like dream job that I would have always wanted. I I thought was going to be the highest echelon of what I wanted in life. And when I finally was confronted with it, I went, you know what? I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be in a position where when this project finally gets to its final throws, I'm away from home 80 to 100 hours a week. I don't want, and my kids are going to be in high school and I'm going to be gone during some of the most important years of their life. Yeah. What kind of person am I? And there was a moment where I realized I do want to have a career of sorts. I like working. I like doing things. I'd rather have a career that supplements my family, not the reverse. Yeah. 
you know, I don't want to have this family to make it look like I have everything. I want to have the job so my family can have everything. I think people need to look at it through that perspective, though, because I think sometimes it's easy to get stuck in either the career race yeah. or the stay-at-home mom is supposed to be the best thing in the world yeah. race. I don't know if it's a race. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think people need to process it and think about it and, like, what's best for everyone. I mean, here's the truth. If I was a stay-at-home mom, the house wouldn't be any cleaner because I only clean when I rage clean. When, like, it's gotten so messy, I'm like, y'all are pigs. <laughs> Like uh, I did that the other day. I just raged cleaned for like six That's hours straight gross. in the house and like mopped and everything. And it's destroyed in like 24 hours. But for for golden six hours, it was great. You know, and I got it out. And like when the kids came home, you know, you threaten them. Like, don't you dare. You put anything out of place. I'm putting it in the garbage. <laughs> and of course you're not. But whenever we had the housekeeper you know. clean, Chris was like, I'm so glad I spent $100 for that hour of cleanliness. <laughs> it really is. Sorry, I just, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I don't know how my mom, I, I used to <laughs> make fun and be like, my mom just loves cleaning. It's her favorite thing in the world. And then I grew up and I realized, no, my mom didn't love cleaning. It's just nobody else was going to do it. Because the kids are now saying that you just love to clean mom. I'm like, I don't fucking love to clean. Who the fuck loves to clean? That's the first thing I do when they say, I don't want to do that. I'm like, I don't want to do laundry. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to cook. I don't want to do any of this stuff. But, but if do. I don't, you're going to die. Well, you're going to go around naked. Yeah. And that's yeah. not cool. If I don't clean, you're going to die. And people think I'm just an aloof, bad, neglectful mom. When I murder you, I want them to know it was deliberate. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to see there was a reason. I don't want them to be like, well, she was just bad at being a mother. I want them to be like, no, she was mad at being a mother. <laughs> she was a good mom. She was just mad and done. It's not going to look like an accident. It's going to look deliberate. So I just want, <laughs> I want them to know. But I want my house to be clean. So when the police come, they'll be like, look at this lovely home. Look how nicely it was kept together. She must have had some real bad stuff going on to snap. <laughs> I clean for Chris. Do you? I, I clean for Chris because... Our life is so out of control and his environment, if his environment's clean, he feels like it can, can be in control. Gotcha. And so it's the one thing I can do to have him be a little bit more calm and more in control. Oh, that's nice of you. Yeah. That's why the number one reason why we fight is because of cleaning. Because <laughs> the days I don't do it, he's like, ah, and I'm like, really? I did it every day. I know. Anyways, but yeah, so it, the cleaning thing is all Chris. Yeah. Because I told him straight out when we had kids, I was like, I'm always going to think kids first. Yeah. And then I'm like, then I realized that I use those as an excuse. I'm like, do you guys want to read a book? Because I don't want to do laundry. <laughs> and they're like, we don't want to read. And you're like, no, you have to read. You have to learn. But it's, I will tell you, my house is a lot messier than it used to be before I had kids. I wasn't meticulous before I had kids, but things had a place and things were in it. And maybe it got a little dusty. Maybe I could use a little mopping. Like when I walk in and Bella has like piles everywhere in the house, a little squirrel with a little piles where she's like, oh, I'm going to put my wrappers and things. In. Her bedroom is the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's coming from a person like me who had a messy bedroom. Like hers is just, it's awful. And she's making science experiments in there. I had to go in to fish out a cup because I was doing, uh, we were donating these cups that we had. I didn't want them anymore, but I wanted to clean them. And it was up in her bedroom. And I was like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> Like there's food wrappers everywhere hiding because she hides them food and it was just bad. But, you know, I feel that judgment. Like I walk into other people's houses, even though I know they have like a housekeeper when it's still like me have a housekeeper. And I'm like, but I walk in, I'm like, how did you keep it this way? <laughs> how did you? So what did you think of our house? I looked lived in. It looked less threatening. I did not feel threatened by your house. Oh, God. 
it doesn't look like like there are people's houses I go to that are so neat that I'm like I don't want to sit in your chair because I'm probably dirtier going especially with the kids I'm yeah. like no you don't get it I don't want to go to your house because yeah. you have nice things yes see that's the funny thing that's us judging them though that's us being just as judgmental I don't I don't want to go to because they have nice things I I, nice but things you're judging them because they want you to come over and you're saying you I I, think I can't realize equally. I if someone invites us over I'm always, always counter yeah. and say yeah. I, I I don't pull out FASD card quite a well, <laughs> sometimes I do. But that's when I pull out the card. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? It's just easier to manage Jackson if yeah. he's in his own environment. Jackson will be the same yeah. Jackson anywhere. It's that people will be throwing my things instead of your things. Yeah. So I get so stressed because I have to follow him around to make sure he's not throwing something of someone's. Mm-hmm. Because it's just not appropriate to yeah. be at someone's house and your son to be throwing all the books down. Yes. You know? So I'd rather him just be in our house and throw our books down. And be fine and not have to worry about what exits he has and what, you know, like I, yeah, it's, it's, it's calmer and then I can have a conversation. I will say this. If you get an invite to my house. I'll decline and say, please come. No, no, no. My kid has FASD (laughs) and he's going to throw your books. It means that I feel you're not going to judge the way the house looks. That's what it means. Because Is that why you've never invited me to your house? You still think I'm gonna judge you? <laughs> it's it, but it's a legitimate thing. We're like because we're like, can this person come over to my house our house for a slumber party? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's because I'm very because it's not as clean as it could be. Like our stairs are half ripped up the carpet because we're in the middle of a project that's now taken two years to like remove all the carpeting from the stairs because the cat's like- Are you like in a, the middle of the project or are you just done with the no, project? No, it's got to end before we, we leave this place. So we're going to finish it eventually. So is this project done? I mean, is it? are you, are you really going to finish it? I have to finish it before we leave. I can't leave it half empty, like done. Uh, the people I believe who are going to get it, who like look and they go, yeah, I get it, you know, and aren't going to be judgmental about it. You get the invite to the house. You get to come over. No, I get that. Because there's only yeah. one person who I'm like, when she says, hey, do you yeah. want to do a barbecue? I'm like, yes, at your house. Yes. Because her house is so kid friendly. Yeah. It's Jenny. Yeah. Her house is so kid friendly. They have a trampoline. They have mm-hmm. an amazing backyard. They have three kids that are adopted. So yeah. it's like, they get it. They Jackson can go around and, mm-hmm. you know, and then Jenny and I want to spend 15 minutes right before everyone leaves picking up, you know. Yeah. It's, so there's it, like there's one or two houses that I'll go to, but majority yeah. of the time, like I'd rather you come to my house. But it's the opposite reason, though. Uh, you ha- you won't invite people to your house because you don't want them judging you. Yeah, I don't want to go to people's houses because I don't want them judging me how my family oh, gotcha. behaves. Like I could I could care less about our house. Like, yeah, we are in California. There's a slim possibility that we will ever be able to afford a house <laughs> in LA. I think it just comes down to this idea of judgment. So there's judgments amongst people we know, and these people would probably be honestly offended. And say, I would never judge you. I would never, I would be okay with it. You know, they, they were probably very reassuring. But, you know, it's something you said a long time ago. Like, I'm judging myself pretty harshly all the yeah, time. I don't need anyone else. Um, I think trauma's taught me. I'm not, I'm not even just trauma. Like, the infertility struggle and everything. Just realize everyone's got their own thing. And I don't yeah. know where they are on that day. Yeah. I, okay, this is a stupid story that I stuck out. My mom's obsessed with Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, I like, love those books. She has, like, every single one. Like, Every single one, even ones that like the golfing one. I'm like, yeah. you guys don't golf. Why do you have the golfing one? <laughs> Which is all of them. And of course, I read them while I poop at the yeah. house. And so I had one, and it was this dad was on the subway, and the kids were kind of going crazy, and he was just kind of like checked out. Mm-hmm. And people were like giving him stares and looks because the kids were just all over the place. And then someone finally said, like, you need to take care of your kids or whatever, and kind of like scolded him. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> He's like, they just lost their mom. I just lost my wife today. 
Why am I? Because <laughs> it's a sad story. <laughs> but it made me realize, like, you don't know yeah, you what don't. happened that day. Like, you don't know if I had a bad doctor's appointment and yeah. was told something, or something like you, or you're yeah. like, crap, now I have to deal with, a, you know, Bella doing something. Yeah. Like, you don't know if someone lost their job yeah. or if they put down their cat. Like, you have no clue What's where they are, on. and yeah. you don't know what that kid's history is. You don't know yeah. if they've been with that family for a day. Or forever, you know? Like, you don't know what's happening. You don't know if there's sensory issues. You don't know if there's mm-hmm. a disability involved. Like, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So instead of giving judgment, why don't we give grace and compassion and be like, okay. So now Chris and I, whenever we see kids, mm-hmm. like, tantruming, we usually try to high-five the mom or dad. And we're like, we've been there. And yes. like, high-five them. And we're like, doing a great job. Keep yeah. it up. Like, oh, that's nice. Because it's like, instead of judgment, we want to give them, like, solidarity. Of, yeah. Like, hey, my kid did that last week. Yeah. You know? And especially at Disneyland when they're doing that. Chris almost always makes a comment like, oh, yeah, we're going to have ours in like 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> ours is scheduled Yeah, kind of stuff. But instead of judgment, like why not we give some love out into the world? I will say there are some parents I do judge uh, <laughs> often because you brought up Disneyland. And I remember this mom came and her two boys. And here's the thing. I, I totally get and understand why they did this. They they look like they had come from from China, like they're visiting, you know. They definitely, I think they were tourists, definitely tourists. Um, just by clothing, you could see it was not American brands. Like they weren't people who had moved here or something. And you're at Disneyland and you know, it's cost a lot of money to come here to take this trip. And they've got these two young boys and you know, they just want them at the time of their life. But those boys had chicken pox and their bodies were covered in itchy, inflamed red spots. Oh, is this miserable for them? And they were just, yeah, they were, it was in the summer. So it's hot and sweaty. And it's one of those things where you're like, Oh, at a certain point, this isn't fun for them. At a certain point, you're but maybe it is. Maybe they had already been so. in the hotel for four days. Yeah. And it was our last one and they were trying to change the scenery. Like you never know. Heather. You never do. But I was Heather, like, Heather. you should probably go. <laughs> you want to hear my favorite judgment story? Yeah. So we were at school and it was right before like a parent our school does this whole thing called Circle of Learning. Or maybe it's celebration of learning. <laughs> I'm glad that you life. don't know. It's one of these things, right? And the kid takes you into their classroom and like shows everything they've done. The teachers stress out about it. I don't think any of the parents care. And the kids yeah. definitely are like, woohoo, we're at school at night. And there's we're about to go in and there's a group of moms. And I'm one of them. And this mom starts talking. And they're talking about pregnancy and stuff. And then she starts talking about breastfeeding. And she starts going off of like how if you didn't breastfeed, like you're missing this emotional connection uh, and yeah. giving the best thing. And then she was talking and then she looked at me and I just gave her this look like, keep going, <laughs> feel free, feel yeah. free to keep going and talk to me yeah. about how I totally miss and I'm not really a mother because I didn't breastfeed well, my child, parents. you know, like <laughs> keep going. And she looked at me and I just gave her that look and yeah. she was like, but you know, like it's not the end of the world. So as we're going in, like, she totally did like a 180. Because I was like, yeah, yeah. I want you to finish the sentence and then I will retort about how yeah. I'm not their real mother kind of thing. It was <laughs> it was funny. I was, yeah. it was awesome. It's funny because the kids look like me. So it's not so obvious. <laughs> unless we're, unless Bobby's, well, I think sometimes you think Bobby is just like the stepdad. But the kids look a lot like me, just really dark. See, everyone thinks Chris is black until I meet him. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> Oh. oh, like it's a recessive gene. It's a really <laughs> recessive gene. Chris once said it was like, it was in vitro gone wrong. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no, that's the best. Yeah. So f- for me, a lot of people will look and they'll be like, oh, so their dad's Filipino. 
And I'm like, no, he's Romanian. And they'll go, oh. Um, And then Bobby always gets, your kids are really beautiful. They're like really beautiful. (laughs) Like, yeah, I know. They can't be yours. (laughs) I get a whole, they must look like dad. And then someone once said, they have your eyes. And I thought, crap, do I have FASD eyes? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hmm, I had to ask my mom if she drank. <laughs> that would explain my short term memory. <laughs> I will say, if I'm, because when we went to Walt Disney World, it was a surprise. I saw so many blended families or what appeared to be adoptive families. And it was, do you ever do that thing when you see like another family that you you're pretty much assume is a, like an adoptive family? Yeah, you do the head nod. Yeah, you're like, hey, hey, what's up? This one time I felt, and this is realized mm-hmm. I'm, we're all judgy, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's an adoptive family. And then the dad came and he was black. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got mad. I was like, you're a, nor- a yeah. biological normal family. I was like, I thought you were cool. <laughs> you're not. Like, super lame. <laughs> I was like, I guess it's cool you're transracial and everything, but whatever. I know. <laughs> it was funny though. Like, yeah. I literally got the sense of disappointment. Like, yeah. oh, I thought you were one of us, but you're not. You're yeah. not as cool. Which is really <laughs> funny because we get the black head nod because yeah. the girls are black, right? Yeah. Well, Jackson is too. Because the kids are black. And that's to realize, I'm like, I think everyone just in the end yeah. groups together. Like, yeah. they just want to seek a likeness and, like, be able to say, hey, we're good. I and gotcha. It's so funny because, like, they do and they don't. Like, Bella's very into being Mexican, but her idea of her culture is terrible. <laughs> Mayonesa. She's definitely, like, Cali Mex, though. She's not, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's, she's not, like. I would say she's Cali Taco Bell. Like, let's not even call it Mexican. <laughs> Because she's not, she's nowhere there. Like her culture is very like just what the Hispanic community was into. It's very Americanized. It's very, it's just so like, so they're the 23 and me we did came back that they're part El Salvadorian. And she's like, we hate El Salvadorians. And I was like, well, I guess you really don't because <laughs> then you'd be hating yourself. Well, then you're like, you can. Mm, that explains a lot. Maybe yeah. that's the part that you don't like about yeah. yourself. We haven't done that with the girls. We need to keep saying we're going. It's to it's interesting. Do it with Jack. Well, Jackson's only other partially. You're supposed yeah, to do it with the boys. And I, wanted, I was yeah. Well, they're twins, so I was like, I'll just do yeah. one and one, 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 twin, and then the Jackson, other, Jackson. And then save ourselves a hundred bucks. <laughs> That's a good idea. But then I thought, oh no, they're gonna like want the name on it. Yeah. Then so we may just do all of them. I don't know. We haven't decided. Yeah, do one, and then you always get a deal on the other ones. They'll sound like a coupon. That's an idea. <laughs> They do. I want to do the twin test and see if they're identical or fraternal. Oh, that'd be cool. I think they want to just because they want to be able to tell people. If they are or they aren't. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cute at the therapist's office. Lexi made a comment like, we're different. We look differently. Mm -hmm. And the therapist was like, how do you look different? She's like, I had this scar right here. I had this mole. (laughs) She's like, I'm missing my tooth. Like she named like five things that were different. Different. And she goes, then how, well, how are you the same? She goes, we have the same hair, the same face and the same body. I would say, based on what I've seen of them, they look like they're identical. We were told they're paternal, but the pediatrician was like, they're identical. They keep looking more alike than not. But then it's like you really can't tell unless you do a DNA test because the sac can fuse together and Mm -hmm. not fuse or separate. And so he's like, the likelihood you could be identical twins and think you're identical and not be. And it's it's all messed up. So you should just take a test and do the DNA stuff. That's smart. Which we're going to eventually, maybe. I mean, it's, it's it's funny because we got that 23andMe back and like we did it with our son because they all have the same dad and the same mom. So I have the matching set. It's my joke. Because <laughs> mom has other kids from different I dads. I really have the identical matching set. You do. The came back that was so odd was like a quarter of them. So you only like, did Tony? Yeah. 
because it's better to do it on a male than a female because the males have the XY chromosome and the girls only have the, what is it, the XX. So we did it on Tony and um, they knew, they were all waiting, like they didn't care. He just had to spit in a little tube so it wasn't anything that exciting. Like they were hoping he was going to get like his finger pricked or something and blood taken. How painful and invasive can we make this? They're like, hey, and then they're like, oh, he's just spitting into a tube. They're like, oh, okay. Like they weren't that interested anymore. But um, they came back being part Irish and German, which I told them that on St. Patrick's Day, if you're not Irish, like you couldn't pinch me, even if I wasn't wearing green, because I'm Irish, so I'm- Green on the inside. Yeah, I'm, it's, it's sorry. Now they have that now. So now they do, and I'm like, darn. <laughs> <laughs> so they're Irish and German, which is very funny. And then they're Jewish. They're Ashkenazi Jews. <laughs> and it's funny, they love it though. Like for Anna, it was the best thing ever because she's like, I'm Irish and German like you, mom. And I'm Jewish like dad because Bobby came back as being part Ashkenazi Jew as well. So for her, it's like, she's found we're related. Yeah, we're, we're, we are related in some way. And so I'm, I'm meant to be yours. So for her, and Tony was like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. Um, and then Bella was very angry. So I think the girls want to know where they come from. Well, you're going to know countries. You're not going to know like, you know. Her mom was from here. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure no one in the last it's, five generations yeah. has been to Africa. Like we're not like me, first yeah. generation American, you know? Like, yeah. But they always ask, well, where exactly are we from? And I'm like, Bacoima? <laughs> <laughs> I feel judged by a lot of parents still. A lot of Boy Scout dads get after me with, with regards to my son, but I'm like, you don't get it. There's a reason that I'm telling him no. And it's because I can see he's getting wound up. And if he doesn't self-regulate right now, I'm going to have a, a meltdown, you know? Yeah. And it's like, back off, because I know what I'm doing. I get the most judgment from the parenting style that we do, because we do connected parenting, which mm -hmm. has like no consequences. It's connection and relationship yeah. first. Everything's kind of like self, teach them mm -hmm. the self-awareness kind of stuff. And so it looks like we don't, we let them, rain but there's tons of boundaries like, yeah. there's tons of rules and boundaries within it it just doesn't look like anything happens like yesterday i found my stash of chili mango which is a mexican part of me <laughs> in her bed in uh, lexi's bed and i was like she goes i'm missing to lay like this and i'm like oh why are you gonna lay like that and she was like just because and i went okay well let's clean your bed before we get to bed and so i like i was like oh here are my my spicy mangoes yeah. that i wanted to eat last night Thank you for not eating them all. Yeah. And she was like, well, why are they here? And she was like, uh, and I was like, wise choice? No. Okay. <laughs> don't steal mama's food. <laughs> I go, she gets angry and grumpy. And that was it. Yeah. Like there was no like, okay, you can't have them the next time we have them. And there was, it was done. So lots of people would be like, well, you should have taken something away or you shouldn't like, no, she understood that she, what she did was wrong. And there's impulsivity control and there's, yeah. Like, and we had a conversation about it. It's not like we didn't. We talked about it being a good choice and bad choice, but that's all that was needed. If I had yeah. taken something away, it would have been a meltdown and have been bigger and it would have been horrible. I think this is definitely where in some ways we diverge as parents because I'm all about taking their stuff away. Oh, yeah. It makes me cringe sometimes on the inside. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, <gasps> because yeah. it just wouldn't work for my daughters. You know, I feel like you give your kids things, so you take them away. <laughs> Like you have this iPad, which I'm now going to use. So like for Anna, she like a lot of her tantrums are because she doesn't want to do something. She wants to go to her iPad and use it. So she'll have a fit like, well, Anna, you got to take your shower first before you can go on your iPad tonight. You know, you've got to do your homework first. You've got to do all your responsibilities before you get your and iPad. You're not necessarily taking it away. I mean, I guess there's a little bit. I think a lot of it can be semantics, too. Like, for instance. Well, no, I'll tell you because it's in this instance, it's like if you throw a temper tantrum, we're taking an hour off of your iPad time. 
So for us, it's logical consequences. Why are you having this tantrum? Because you want to use your iPad? Well, if you don't control yourself and do the things you need to do, we're going to take the thing that you're associating with it away. So it's it's like a weenie on a stick. I don't know. That, see, I know that's one. <laughs> you can disagree with me. It's I, all right. Yeah, it's fine. You're raising yeah. your kids. I'm raising my kids. Yeah. And you are going to, I'm trusting that you're doing what you think is best. We just and try I to definitely find. feel like in my head, I have yeah. these internal judgments of like, <sighs> But maybe she doesn't know. But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, meh, I have enough stress in my life. And I'm yeah. trying to raise my three kids with trauma and special needs. They're like, let me just focus on the ones God appointed to be my mother. And yeah, and trust that you're doing the best that you can with what you got. And I'm doing the best I can with that I got. So if you feel like that's the best consequence mm-hmm. for your family, then. Okay. I mean, she took it. It's wrong. <laughs> no, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> she took it. She was definitely like disappointed. That live soda, Zandy mm-hmm. took one and drank all of it. Mm-hmm. And I found the empty can in her office the girls office. their own little yes. office she's their business their ladies of course <laughs> they still asked if they could have a stove in there i'm like no <laughs> and i was like all right and so that day we were gonna have them and i yeah. was like you already drank yours you don't have enough yeah like you already consumed the one you had you chose to consume yeah. it earlier so i mean i guess in a weird way it kind of worked i don't know bobby i mean i know he thinks things are weird like okay so the kids lacroix are expensive lacroix however you want to say it i say lacroix the crooks whatever the bubbly water that i want to like but yes. don't like well, and the bubbly water i love they tend to not finish them and they're expensive it's not like cheap soda these are more expensive oh yeah and i don't have them all the time i have them like once a day so the kids i got frustrated because i would always ask for one and they would open a can take three sips and be done so You're sometimes we used to want to share and then they would flip out oh, i don't want my own bobby thinks it's terrible but they're on board like they haven't said no i make them buy a can from me <laughs> Like, you want it, you have to give me 75 cents. That makes sense. And the then, girls, the, yeah. Zandy, no, Lexi is actually super excited because mm-hmm. we're going to San Antonio and we're going to buy such a Mexican, but not a Mexican. Yeah. My favorite mango chili is from this place called Alamo uh-huh. Candy Store in San Antonio, Texas. Do you have to go in the basement for it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, she's like, I'm bringing my own money. And if I bring my own money, then I can buy my own container. Great. Yeah. And then you can't tell me when to eat them. And I'm like, you're right. You you can eat whatever you want. I'm mm-hmm. just probably going to suggest you don't eat all of them in one sitting because you may puke. And yeah. if you puke, you're going to clean it up because I'm not going to clean up. So just letting you know. She's like, yeah, okay. But she's super excited. She's like, how much is it? And I'm like, $48. Yeah, we, <laughs> That's another thing. Everything no. has a $43 million dollar mom tax. <laughs> like, can we get a cat? I'm like, yes, but you're going to have to pay the $43 million mom tax. Nice. She's like, what? I'm like, it's $43 million mom tax to get it into the house. Yeah. So if you can afford that, then, then you're welcome to get a cat. We tried to do stuff like free eating, like some people suggested, like they just eat as much as they want and blah, 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 blah. And then we found that there was a problem with our oldest who is diagnosed uh, pre-bulimic and that she doesn't know when to stop. So she just eats, if you let her buy candy, like we had to make a rule, you can't buy candy for, for three and a half years. The rule was you cannot use any of your money to buy food. She would buy it and she would like gorge herself. So now we've changed the rule. We've modified it. And once a month we go to a store called Five Below where everything is five dollars or below. I don't know why, but I keep thinking like Arctic sweaters, like it's five. I don't know. I know. Why. That's I what I thought. I thought blood. it was going to be an ice cream store. Something <laughs> like that, like, but no. And it just—it's not. We, but they love it because it's all like cheap stuff that's going to break or whatever. But everything's five dollars and below, and we let them buy five dollars worth of candy, so they can get a little baggie and they can actually put like ten pieces of candy for a dollar in it, so they can get fifty pieces if they want. And what's neat is that. With two of them, they're perfectly fine once a month buying one bag of 10 pieces of candy. They're like, this is fine. This works. This is enough. Bella's going to spend all five. 
yeah. on candy. She can't help herself. I'm pretty Just, sure we're the mean parents when it comes to like that stuff. Because we go to Disneyland and I'm like, did you bring your money? You didn't? Mm-hmm. Okay, you can't get anything. Like I've never bought no. them. I can't say never. Like twice a year. I, buy, I will buy them something from Disneyland. But other than that, I'm like, you save your money. We're at Target. Well, you I'm go like, often. You go. I mean, yeah. at, at a Target or a Walmart or something, it's like, where's your money? Like, I'm not oh, yeah, going to Everything's your money. We go to, we went to Utah, yeah. Zion National mm-hmm. Park. And I was like, bring your money, people. You're yeah. buying your own souvenirs. Like, I'm getting you used to the idea that you're yeah. buying everything that's extra. I will. So they do it. They When they go to, they buy their own popcorn when they're at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. They buy their own. I will I'm buy poor. them. Um, <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> you need to pay for your own stuff. Just because I'm a foodie. I will buy them one snack a day when we travel, but it's not what they want. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, oh, I want ice cream. Like, it's got to be the best hand-churned local. I'm not going to go to Baskin Robbins on a trip. Yeah. So we will buy like one, like I buy other meals, of course, but if like it's one treat, a snack, we're going to go to this place that makes like homemade cookies and yeah. has a specialty and I'm, we're going to get something special, you know? That makes sense. Um, we tend to do keep those special things to like our mommy dates daddy dates yeah. so it's like if it's we're on a mommy date at disneyland then i'll gotcha. be like okay we can get popcorn yeah you know? i don't have to pay for it no because we're on a date yeah you know? so like we i think that's the thing is i think i'm i'm so strict with these little things to make mm-hmm. them special when they're not so mm-hmm. like halloween was amazing because they yeah. ate stuff but they never get any other time yeah so it's like all right like they wanted to i mean <laughs> they keep asking me to make chocolate cake and i keep saying no because i'm like no i need to save it for your birthday we're gonna talk like your birthday you're not gonna care yeah like yeah all right all right, guys. So, so stop judging me. That's what I want. Yeah. Stop judging each other. And but I'm totally going to keep love. judging you. So, and just keep it to yourself. I mean, if, in the end, if you're going to judge, just keep it in your brain. Yes. Don't say it out loud. But like I might us, give you an eye raise. On the, video, on the podcast. <laughs> All right. We of course want to thank Devin once again for providing such a lovely space for us to record in. To my husband Bobby for setting everything up and making us sound nice with this episode. And then, of course, to Chris for letting you come (laughs) and do this instead of cleaning. Thanks for not divorcing me. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. The Mother Effin' Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at mothereffinpodcast.com.